Good news, everyone. <laughs> you have been hearing an ad for a while now saying if we pumped up our Patreon to $500 a month, we would give you a whole bonus show. And you did it like a while ago. And I just haven't changed the ad. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> consider this an update. Congrats. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm replacing that ad with this one. And this one is just a little clip show to get your whistle wet for this month's extra bonus episode of uh, Mama Tried. And that'll come out as soon as we get $1,000. That'll come out as soon Yeah, we're holding <laughs> this one hostage. Nah, 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 nah. But I did want to remind y'all, if we do hit 750, our goal is to release two episodes of that a month. But without any further ado, mm-hmm. here's a couple of clips. Get hyped. Gunvar is going to watch Martin go investigate the door and yeah. think to himself, that motherfucker is going to get attacked by a ghost and I'm going to get blamed for that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Did I... What did I... What did I do? And with glee, he's like, yes, one more. <laughs> and he starts scuffing it out and he saves like one last little bit. And then he uh, jumps ass first onto it and erases <laughs> it with a butt. He's looking straight ahead, but it, it, and it would be difficult for you to know if he is just looking straight ahead, watching where he's going, looking straight ahead, like avoiding your gaze because he feels awkward about what he's going to say, looking straight ahead because there's Gunvar's fucking back. <laughs> you wake to the feel of sunlight warming your face. Oh, God. Oh, oh so bright. As a well-known sense of aching dread rolls from your temples to your stiffened limbs. Don't say it's my mom. Familiar. I'm not my mother's child. I can handle it. I had too much. Welcome to Astronomica, a competitive eating fan cast. Just kidding. <laughs> we're uh, we're at Stars Without Number actual play podcast. Yeah, I'm um I'm not the usual intro guy, but that's just because our star daddy's still in the can. Um, so I am, uh, I'm Cullen, What's I play... What's in there? <laughs> oh, God, no. Something wonderful and oh, something God. terrible. I'm Cullen, I play Anton. Anton, <laughs> <laughs> I play Cullen, what? Yeah. I've, I've, I've become the same person, Some somehow I've lost my sense of self. Welcome to Astronautica, <laughs> a Charlie Kaufman fan cast. Hi, <laughs> oh, Cullen, me play Mackie. Me do good stuff, that's all. I'm Jeff, I play the Admiral Grace, the starship that everyone bumbles from system to system within, and also Hopper. And I am Kristen, I play Dr. Hildegard Hypatia K, and hopefully I'm still here. I mean, who knows? Any of us could die at any moment. I mean, I'm just saying. Intros, I feel like you're very concerned for... I'm just saying, like, we're pre-recording these intros, like, any one of our characters could die before... I mean, oh, shit, that at is this true. stage, like, <laughs> Anton, the only reason Anton isn't dead is because Star Daddy fucking beefed it on a damage roll. Yeah, I would, have, like, I would have been toast. Wow. I think I think that grenade probably would have dropped me, but I don't think it would have killed me, killed me. But that 3D titan would have, yeah. could have just wrecked my shit. At least you didn't almost die from having something fall on your foot. <laughs> That's Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Actually, ironically enough, as long as, as Mackie survives, Hopper will be okay, because you can repair him, unless he just gets 
insanely massive damage. How much of Mackie do Grace and Hopper need? How small a piece are we talking here? <laughs> Lock a hair. Oh, yeah, well, if it, no, if it comes to that, you know, Backy will be re, will be activated. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mackie, the backup Mackie. I'm Mackie. I'm, uh, sort of a backup Mackie. <laughs> no, 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 backup you're, Mackie. You're, backup Mackie. Your voice is a lot higher pitched because you're only three and a half feet tall. <laughs> On last week's exciting installment of Astronomica, a bunch of nerds sat around and made chin music at a table for an hour or so. But the week before that, things got interesting. The crew of the Admiral Grace leaving the planet Aegea discover they have a tail. No, this isn't the result of some surgical shenanigans on Hoppus Pot. Rather, they are being tracked by a vessel or vessels with an unknown agenda. In response to this potential threat, the highly trained crew rockets into action. They report to their various battle stations and begin running away, heroically. During this time, they begin a rigorous threat assessment protocol, which basically consists of picking up the damn phone, calling the pursuing ships, and shouting, Say, what's the big idea? Unfortunately, the pursuers are less than forthcoming, and we're forced to chase down other leads while they chase down us. We discover the estate of mysterious interstellar mogul Jeff Cho, which we had recently left, was utterly destroyed by some kind of orbital strike. Dr. Cade's clever interpretation of available sensor data reveals that the pursuing vessels are in fact drones and are in fact pre-tech. And we learn that our potentially precognitive new buddy, Sergey Wright, does not think much of our abilities to survive any encounter with them. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Serg. Also, when I'm not saying it's related, shortly thereafter, Anton, in keeping with Admiral Grace tradition, throws our passenger into space. And he's going to tell you that it was Sergei's choice and it was all part of some kind of plan that we wouldn't understand as non-precognitive folks, but I'm not sure I buy it. After we run out of ideas, we do call the person who's been trying to get in touch with us who claims to be Jeff Cho. Turns out, not Jeff Cho. It is a sexy cyborg lady named Joan. High time one of those showed up. Uh, turns out... That, yeah, she's absolutely in charge of the drones that are trying to kill us. And uh, she says, we got to kill you because you have Sergey. And we say, well, we don't have Sergey anymore, so you don't need to kill us. And she says, eh, we're going to kill you anyway, LOL, or something like that. All in all, it's probably for the best that at this point we reach the edge of the Aegea system's gravity well and jump away. Which brings us up to date. Other than a little bit of uh, fun personal business, we'd like to give a shout out. To one of our friends on Reddit, Old Rust Bucket, who had some awesome and uh, constructive things to say, and we read you loud and clear on this end. And uh, thank you for the feedback, and we encourage anyone else who's listening to please uh, do like Old Rust Bucket. Give us a shout. Tell us how we can do better. Thank you all, and enjoy the show. So Mackie starts the, uh, not the smart computer, not Admiral Grace, but just like kind of the, the dumb computer that runs off the calculations and everything for a spike drive while oh, so Grace sleeps. <laughs> he uh, says to the massive, weird, tentacle, what have you, in the seat beside him, uh, all right, Gracie, it's, uh, it's bedtime if you're ready. I am always ready. All right. Well, I'll see you on the other side. Hopefully not. Eh, we'll agree to differ on that. And uh, as soon as Mackie gets the idea that Grace is switched off, he looks at the uh, the display and running the calculations, and he's like, all right, we got about 20 minutes. And he quickly leaves the cockpit and moves through the ship, 
and if he sees Hildy or Anton, he like gives them the zipper across the mouth thing and jerks his thumb like, follow me. Once he's got both of you, I think I rolled last time to know a place in the ship that has no even like passive sensors. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking maybe the smuggler's hole down in the cargo bay would be a good place. Sounds good. Yeah, I just wanted for the audio record that as soon as Anton sees Mackie do the zipper across the mouth thing, he's got his arms up kind of T-Rex style. He's doing a real pink panther creep behind him. (laughs) Subtle. Well, pink panther creep behind me down to the main cargo bay. He walks over to a section of the wall that Anton certainly recognizes as the accent point for one of our uh, smugglers holds. It's like, Anton, give me a hand with this. And he breaks out some tools and starts loosening screws and bolts so he can move the panel aside. In game, we established that it was electronically controlled before the Grace knows that it's there. Oh, shit. But maybe you put a little, like, cutout on the way to the smuggler's hold that she doesn't know about. Okay, all right. So, yeah, there's the main way in, but then there's also a small, uncomfortable way in full of sharp corners and getting your clothes caught on the butt end of screws coming out of walls, but you can get in there. And uh, once you're in there, you see an empty room that's like 10 by 10. Looks much like the rest of the ship, other than the fact that there's not really a recognizable door into it. In one corner is some a large oblong object covered in an astronaut blanket. Mackie turns to Hildy and Anton and says, All right, so... Here's the deal. We've got about 15 minutes, and there's something that I need you guys help with. Yes. All right. What's going on, man? The the other thing is, we've got to keep it between the uh, meatbag phalanx of the crew. Do you guys think you can uh, cooperate with me on that? I mean, it's a little unsettling that you're using the word meatbag instead of the admiral, but, you know, whatever. It gets in your head. It really does. (laughs) Uh, I've really damaged my self-esteem over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, it's a continuing process. I'm here to tell you. Look, all right. He pulls the astronaut blanket off the thing, and it's a large oblong computer box full of chips and LEDs and readouts just spooling data. It says, uh, y'all might remember this from Mr. Cho's submersible estate. Best yes. I can tell, this is a fully functioning, alive Break AI system. Huh. This is normally the kind of thing that the Admiral destroys on sight. I showed it to them, and this time they didn't. It's like they just couldn't even see it. So, I'm considering this a lucky break for us. That's because... That's okay. This is lucky for the ship. You know, the Admiral, there's, there's certain practical considerations that just don't rate for them. And uh, one of the big ones is we need money, and we need a lot of it, and we need it quickly. We've barely got enough to keep the ship running at this stage. This this is worth money. There's a lot of really shady people that would pay good credits for this. And so, and I feel feel bad going behind their back. The Admiral's my friend, I think. (laughs) But, yeah, it's it's complicated, but... If we can move this and do it clean, this could get us a good chunk of the way towards our six-month maintenance goal. So, would you guys be okay with a little uh, cloak and dagger in this case? I, I certainly think that since we do have it aboard, and it is something that usually the Admiral 
very concerned over. We should keep it to ourselves. Would you mind if I were to take this time while uh, Grace is dormant to perhaps explore very carefully a little bit more about this object? Well, as you know, I'm on record as being unwilling to raw dog strange computers with my friend's electro unit, but if you can do it in a way that keeps it isolated from the Admiral and all of our onboard systems, then I have no objection to that. No, Dr. K. I have uh, kept my bed and head on incognito mode since uh, joining the crew, so I don't, know, I don't know that it's helpful Sound or not. Strategy. Um, Mr. Anton, perhaps now is not the time, because we seem to be on a certain time limit, but remind me to tell you later about the limits of incognito mode. Perhaps I will be able to hook you up, as they say, with something that is a little bit more robust. Just makes it uh, inadmissible in court. <laughs> well, depending on the system. So, uh, speaking of... If I can interrupt real quick, as a computer expert, mm-hmm. Hildy, and as a uh, friend of an AI, Mackie, you guys know that this AI should, for the same reasons that Grace has to be turned off in metadimensional space, this AI uh, probably can't be activated in metadimensional space. So I can't actually interface with it mm-hmm. during this time, but would I be able to maybe take a look at the hardware? And also, I'm kind of wondering if this is something that I might know about from the Institute that I might be able, like, it's not my area of expertise, but another colleague that I might have read papers from mm-hmm. in the past, or I might know whose department that is, I might be able to, like, look into some information about it during that time. Sure. Uh, a handy infomercial titled, So You Found a Rogue AI <laughs> Like, going on a spike jump might be one of the, like, standard protocols for trying to forensically analyze an AI core. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you can spot for it. You can, like, Relative. access it, but it's the je ne sais quoi of um, the sapience that arises from, like, an AI Mm-hmm. fails at some point to manifest in the mission space. So I might be able to run some like basic diagnostics, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be you able... You can get Skyrim to run on the Windows 95 machine. Gotcha. <laughs> but like, I wouldn't be worried... And have about the same experience. That you have. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All right, so this is the plan as far as I've got it so far. When we get to Glazer, it's a nasty system full of money bastards. Some of them are going to want this. Anton. Yeah, what's up? There's a part of this plan that is central and crucial. And I think you're the only man I can trust to do it. Can I count on you? I mean, you know me, boss. In for a penny, in for a pound, as they say. All right. Anton, I need you to get Hopper drunk. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was probably just going to do that anyway at some point. It's been a while since we had an outing. All right. I'm that very killed. curious to know how you get Hopper drunk. It was um, really a process of trial and error, you know. You know, I usually go out in the town a bit when we when we port, you know. Not so much last time because Oh, I but, remember we did certainly get some beverages. There was those delightful fish. Yeah, it was like ten minutes and two drinks, you know. <laughs> Neither here nor there, really. Yeah, so <laughs> so we worked it out one time. I'll take Hopper out and uh when I'm imbibing in the more traditional sense, uh I have, I have these flashcards with paradoxical <laughs> problems on them, and I just will kind of toss one at him here and there, and he seems to get a kick out of it, and it kind of, kind of puts him in a bit of a spin for a while. So <laughs> That's about the closest approximation that we've gotten to so far. So. But I must say, Mr. Anton, this is very ingenious. 
It was mostly his idea, I have to be, ah, have to be honest. Then. That does make more sense. All right. <laughs> Dr. Cade. Yes. That brings me to your part. Yes. Your part is what, under other circumstances, would be Anton's part. We're going to be meeting some people. I don't know what kind of people they are. I know they're bad, but I don't know wh- where on the spectrum of bad they fall. So I need to look like I have muscle. Can you be a little less generally you for maybe three or four hours? Well, I would say if what you are looking for is some kind of muscle, perhaps in this case... When Do you, you own anything that's leather? corporate people, I will say, think outside the box, Mr. Mackey. There are ways to be intimidating, as I think both you and Mr. Anton have discovered in the last few days, that do not require uh, leather. Hey, hang on, hang on, hold still. Could you try to do a somewhat scarier German accent? You know, <laughs> go from a uh, will, and then go for more of like a will. Actually, I am <laughs> in charge here. I am. We will be asking the questions. Uh, yeah, that was that was a lot better than mine. Good job. Uh, <laughs> I believe I've already had a moment where I was like, oh, I think I'm a judge. All right, uh, Doctor Kate, hold still. Doctor Kate, hold <laughs> yeah. still. Mackie reaches into his fanny pack and he roots around and he pulls out a pair of Terminator sunglasses and you're like a a head taller than him. So he just pops them on you and looks at you for a second and goes, it'll have to do. (laughs) She she is definitely going to have a moment where she looks at this in the mirror later and is very into this look. I I have spent my look. I mean, (laughs) keep in mind that she... uh, we're, we're talking a little older Miranda Otto. So, like, okay. she can totally do some stealing. All right. Very good. But, just, she, but I, her intimidation, her method of intimidation generally is to be the most obnoxious smart person in the room. So. Doing some stealing is one of my favorite Spotify playlists I've created. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that uh, Dr. Cade is the very first person with that accent in the history of the human expansion across the galaxy to argue against having to wear leather. <laughs> all right so if you guys are decided hands in it's a caper and he, uh, he yes, puts his caper. hand in interesting i have never been involved in a caper before you're gonna love it we're, or uh, we'll all die <laughs> we're, we're the void three oh, <laughs> us guys all right now i need to get back to the bridge before we i kill us all and uh mackie scampers out of the out of the uh, smuggler's hold and like shouts over his shoulder, Anton, close her up, will you? You got it. Why not team meatbag? <laughs> team meatbag. That was as you were on your way out of the cargo hold, so it will be <laughs> Team meatbag. Yeah, Grace Hopper is going to come out of her suspended state and Anton's just going to be sporting a new tattoo that says team meatbag. <laughs> oh, what's that about? <laughs> Maggie's like, no, I was placing an order. <laughs> oh no, see. I wanted a tea meat bag. <laughs> Grace actually keeps a uh, a lens with like a little red light on it just in case she has to have a howl moment. <laughs> I'm afraid I am all too willing to do that, Dave. Oh man. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah. Um, I think so, and you yeah. have the Star Voyager, what's it called? Starfarer. Starfarer. So you don't even have to roll four difficulties under a five or under? Ten or under. All right, well, I look forward to never having to roll those. <laughs> oh, I'm sure at some point we'll just decide yeah, to take a Hail Mary pass yeah. to a... Yeah, when you take a blind two-hex jump at some point, it'll be... 
Have you met us? I will never, I will never <laughs> force you to jump when you're willing to die. <laughs> yeah. I just say, to be fair, we've had two fights, and one was nearly catastrophic, and one we just ran away from. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, we ran away from the first one, too. We just had to finish it, because we <laughs> yeah. didn't calculate the fact that they would meet us on the same That's true. <laughs> and speaking of fights, I think at least some of us, I know uh, Hopper took some damage. Would the transit time be enough time for Mackie to minister to Hopper? Because everybody else, there's an extended med bay. You know the uh, robot rules better than I do. What's the deal? Six days, so that seems like plenty of time. Yeah, it's sort of ambiguous. Let me bring up the book. The problem is I used to know the system. And then you started running a game and and immediately discovered you did not know the system? Exactly. I know a little bit about... 3.5 3.5e, some 2e, <laughs> fifth edition, Pathfinder. Yeah. Now, part of the problem is running yeah. a second edition and fifth edition DD game in parallel to this. Yeah. Oh, wow. Damaged bots can be repaired by someone with at least a fixed zero skill and a post tech toolkit. <laughs> I got you. Don't know that we have a. Oh, well. No, post tech is, is yeah. worse than pre-tech. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One unit of spare parts and 15 minutes of work can repair a number of lost hit points equal to the bot's expert system level. Wouldn't it be the same as character level? Because yeah, that's how character healing works, yeah, right? probably, yeah. So conceivably over the six days or whatever. So let's say uh, for one unit of spare parts per your level of hit points. Okay. Right. What level are you? Two. So you heal two hit points per unit of spare parts. Do you okay. guys have any spare parts? I think that is a potentially embarrassing oversight that we should retcon. Well, check your starter kit. If you went with one of the standard starter kits, you might have spare parts as part ah, of that. We like could more. certainly also strip them from non-essential. Yeah, essential. you could just assemble yeah. the uh, sand thrower. <laughs> oh, that's been useful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't listen to the Star Master. We, He's trying to kill us. We took apart the spike drive, you know, we just thought you were way more important. <laughs> he was uh, eagerly uh, agreeable towards you probing the AI system. <laughs> yes. True. <laughs> That's the danger of the Star Master plays the universe, and I believe that the universe is a hostile, hateful, malevolent <laughs> place. God, I'm not a nihilist DM. It's the worst. <laughs> I'm not a nihilist. I believe, I, just play one. I believe that the universe is conscious and that it hates humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I took the technician toolkit or the technician equipment package, so I have six units of spare parts. Cool. So just one will do me. All right. I don't think there's anything to roll. Oh, yeah. okay. You, it just says it? Yeah, yeah I mean, because it's it's supposed to be... Oh, that's right. So long as you have healing hit points. points. Gotcha. It, shouldn't be a, gotcha. it shouldn't be costly to do. That's right, because the way that this system kind of works is that, like, a lot of your healing is done in downtime. Right. Where mm-hmm. it's just assumed that with enough time, you're going to be okay, given the tech level that you mostly are around. Yeah, there's just there's a game logic reason that it has to be like an active thing for a robot. But Gotcha. I will uh, try and be more up on those nuances next time. No problem. Okay. Do I like put Hopper into a dolly and like <laughs> run him down to the ship's locker? I mean, yeah. like, okay, yeah. As soon as Mackie's shipped on the bridge is over, Hildy sees him wheeling Hopper <laughs> on a dolly. <laughs> By the galley. He's got some of his favorite tunes playing so that Hopper is singing them. <laughs> oh, no. He's plugged his MP3 player to Hopper's head. My, uh, my mental image of, of 
Mackie working on Hopper is somewhere in between Rick from Rick and Morty and the Swedish chef. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you gotta... All right, the uh, head wire connected to the spine wire. uh, There's a lot of extra wires. Those and... uh, The air traders in here. At least that's to say something in Anton, like, just... No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on. Just just let him have it. (laughs) No, if you're seeing this, then Mackie sees you, and he kind of, like, gets Hopper by the jaw and, like, turns him to face you and is like, does that look right to you? Did I... Did I put everything back where it goes? <laughs> yes, as, as far as I can tell, everything looks fine. I'm All sure right. that the eyeball is absolutely supposed to be in the mouth like that. <laughs> Hopper's log, 30 seconds before deactivation. That motherfucker had better not switch my left and right eye. Or there will be a reckoning, I can tell you. <laughs> All right, shall I uh, take over? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess. I mean... Can I play the game? <laughs> you, you've actually just solved the theodicy problem, which is that God is a DM waiting for all the hilarious shit before he steps back in. Do you want us to do any rolls? You wanted to look at the AI hardware? Yes, I was going to do some, some research on the AI hardware, look through my mm-hmm. files. Hook it straight up to the ship's main computer. <laughs> well, they're, they're both turned off. It's it's more of like a fun little game. Yeah, you know what's exciting is like we plug them in, and then when Gracie comes back on, we see which one pops up. Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> it's, called, it's called Ultron. <laughs> I uh, I would like to note that the Gracie you've been dealing with is a virtual intelligence, not a true AI. <laughs> yeah, she would get read. Jeff, how much cooler do you think that you could play a new AI character? <laughs> I mean, in the length of time it takes me to figure out a way to self-destruct. <laughs> Let's see. So I am going to say... What did we say research was before? Did we say it was no or program? Program, I feel like, I makes mean, more sense for this like specific yeah. instance. Yeah, I feel so, that as well, especially since it's not within her own wheelhouse of knowledge, so it's, she's not pulling from... It's not like it's a linguistics problem where she's going to know off the top of her head some base thing. I might even argue program and wisdom. Program and wisdom? For research. Okay. Since mm. it's kind of like wisdom is what you would roll for a search check. Makes sense. I mean, mechanically, both are the same to me. Okay. So. All right. So I'm going to do program and wisdom, and I get a plus one in each of those. Okay. So I will add two to my next roll. Yep. Seven on a die for a nine total. Okay. Do you feel confident in your safety measures? Okay. Because, you know, you turned off the Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I totally, I mean, Anton suggested that I borrow his... Uh, incognito mode. Yeah, tablet, his right. incognito mode tablet, mm-hmm. so... <laughs> the FBI agent in charge of tracking you guys is like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> It's just like you turn it on and the screen doesn't come on. It's like, yeah, it's incognito. You can't see me. <laughs> but even though it's in the in- incognito mode, when you open up the browser, the homepage is Aegean ass plunderer. He's just a private guy. Yeah. Yeah. I never said that was a porn thing. <laughs> Maybe you're just really into raising donkeys. 
Porn is the only thing that he leaves. On, in fact, he doesn't look at it. It makes uh, the Grace think that my searches are more innocuous than the actual one, <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> searches are really, like, what's the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? <laughs> How do I get my employer to match my 401k? <laughs> <laughs> I've been putting all of my money into this investment. This I, I have a Roth IRA, and she hasn't been... Giving me my dividends. He's Wait a second. A secretly savvy man. What if Anton is Mr. Cho? Oh, oh no. it's a long con. Next campaign. <laughs> Damn. My secret has been foiled. So I'm confident in my safety measures. But you are basically interacting with a brick. Gotcha. Did this include searching through paper research? I'm not connected to essentially the internet, but I would say that Hildy, this is another one of those things where I would say that like, and, and I've already established, like she, mm -hmm. up, she keeps all of her academic stuff updated right. and she would update right before leaving a system and right after leaving a system. Because generally speaking, <clears> when <throat> she's traveling, she spends this time to like read journal articles. Right. So you know that what you're interacting with here is an SPVE. Okay. Which is a spontaneously polymorphic virtual environment. Okay. Basically it, it is operated by a VI, similar to Admiral Grace. Okay. And the VI's entire prime directive is to construct a false environment in which the AI exists. Can, oh, okay. okay. So the AI believes that it is interacting with systems directly, but it is in fact... This is its with, interface. This right. is its GUI. Right. It's constantly trying to affect the outside world through an illusion produced by the VI. And the VI... Right. Basically, you tell the VI what you want the AI to do. Yeah. And the VI shapes the question you're asking into... Basically, it makes the AI do that instead of trying to kill itself. Oh, okay. I got <laughs> it you. Makes, so it, a... makes, it makes the act of self-termination look like solving the problem that you're asking. Interesting. Okay, so it's basically a translator and buffer between your meatbag user and your artificial intelligence doer. So it's not an AI itself or this... It is. There it's... is an AI in it. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. There's both an AI and a VI in it. The oh, SPVE okay. is the, kind of the VI's hardware. Okay. Interesting. Grace, when you turn her off, has nightmares that she's in an SPVE and doesn't know it. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. So, in that case, I have kind of two other questions, and one of them might not be addressable until we get back in system, because mm -hmm. it might require outside connection. Um, but one question is, is there anything in a journal that I might have come across or might come across if I went and searched through my static drive of journals that she keeps up with? This would be a peripheral area of interest to her, mm -hmm. one that she would read for fun but wouldn't be a part of her main area of research where she would... Yeah, I'm going to call for a no check on that. Okay. You want intelligence or wisdom? Intelligence. Okay. Seven on the die... Five on the die, but seven, seven total. You know that all SPVE units are pre-tech. Okay. That the the problems have not been resolved since the collapse. Gotcha. There have been efforts to like reproduce AIs similar to those that existed before, but they run into the same problem as before, which is the AI self-terminating. Gotcha. And so the SPVE is the only way that humans have found to solve that problem, and presumably we have not found a way to recreate SPVE then? Or Correct. Okay. Gotcha. And then the other question that I had was, Mackie talked about basically selling this to the highest bidder. Hildy would be wanting to direct this into institute hands, mm -hmm. if possible. 
So does she know of anyone that like might fit that bill? I will say she she like definitely she definitely knows how to get in touch with someone. If you want to make a connect check, then we can decide if you know like the perfect person. Okay. I could do that after we get back in system because I also need to connect over the artifact anyways. <laughs> when we get in system and our wherever we end up, Hildy needs to make a trip to an institute hub. And then I will fill Mackie in on that idea. Bidding war. You call the eggheads, I'll call the criminals, we'll get them in one place, have a big party. It sounds excellent. And you know what, Miss Mackie? I took a look in my mirror in my new quarters. Uh, which are excellent, by the way. So much better than the... The brig? Yeah, I can imagine so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I can believe that that is generally the brig, yes, and not the luxury quarters. Anyway, I took a look in my mirror with the glasses that you gave me, and I must say, very good choice. I like this look a lot. I think I shall adapt it into my normal everyday wear. Well, uh, you know, I encourage you to do that. One thing that was... Pretty much a cornerstone of the wisdom of the agents is everybody looks cooler in sunglasses. <laughs> you know, it's one of the things they pass down to us. Forgive me if I am if this is a little too metagamey, mm-hmm. but to us as players, is some dosh worth more to us than a potentially unique and interesting pre-tech item? I think for Mackie, the answer is definitely yes. He's I always... Think for Anzon, the answer is yes. But for Cullen, the answer may be, this could be interesting. I would say mm. for Hildy, the answer is she's she's much more interested in the objects than the cash. But she also has been challenged on not being part of the crew. So it's been said very directly to her that she needs to get in line. Get Um, down in the muck with the rest of us. Yeah, so if something were to happen that would push us in a direction of keeping it rather than selling it or otherwise interacting with it rather than immediately selling it, like, she might roll with that tide, but she's not going to individually push it in this case because it's not her particular area. Me? Oh, I would love to find out what the deal with this sucker is and not just straight. Speaking of... Anton could become more curious, but I don't know that he will do so independently. Speaking as Star Daddy, I am accruing... Part of what this these like early sessions are doing for the campaign is accruing the things that I slot in as friends, enemies, complications, and, you know, references to previous episodes and stuff. Gotcha. So, like, the more that you guys touch and scatter throughout the system, the more, like, relevant callbacks I can make as things progress. So I wouldn't Look be too out, worried. Star Daddy is implementing karma. Yeah. Okay, so, so like if we were to just go through the process we've already talked about if, uh, if, and if you guys, thing, we might still encounter it as a cool right. yeah. thing later. Okay. And if you guys, if you went back to a Geo, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have anything planned and I rolled up a random adventure using the adventure seed, the, the space where it says a friend, blah, 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 I would be like, okay, that's Sergey. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like, gotcha. There's plenty of ways to like do callbacks and stuff. Okay. And also on levels of metagame, like in character, Grace or Hopper would both be just existentially horrified that this thing was not granted the sweet release of, of <laughs> not functioning anymore. On a meta layer, me, if I had an actual AI to interact with and talk to, I would absolutely talk to it. But then on another meta layer, Knowing what I know about the nature of artificial intelligences in the yeah, world like, of well, stars without is, number, is it you are yeah. torturing? Yeah, like should we just acutely yeah. sentient be mercy kill this thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, instead like, of living, forcing it to live in bondage and torture. That's why Mackie is being so freaking shady about this. He's like, he knows it's wrong. 
<laughs> oh. knows it's wrong, but also... But that, what, that's what makes it feel a little good. That's <laughs> <laughs> not... No, he's, he's like, what we're doing is wrong. What we're doing is, like, slave trading. But, but from Mackie's Look. perspective, I imagine that there have been other times like this in his history, just in general, mm. but where he's had to weigh sort of the day-to-day survival with his philosophical survival. Yeah, his well... ethical survival. Mackie's got to eat... The ship's got to have fuel. We've got to stay flying, and we can't do that without credits. So, Maggie's kind of pragmatic in a really okay. bleak <laughs> way, <laughs> you know? I think really that's all Hildy's going to worry about doing. I mean, the rest of the time, she's just going to spend going over the data Grace put together for her on the artifact. Mm-hmm. Cool. I am glad Jeff's been here for the entire like session where his character's offline. <laughs> I've been trying to uh, chip in at every meta. meta- <laughs> <laughs> you spend a tense week in metadimensional space, although the assassin drones that were pursuing you lacked spike capability. Flying blind for six days left you with plenty of time to second-guess your assumptions of safety. When you finally arrive in the Glazer system, Anton kills everything but the essential systems and passive sensors, and you settle into a silent, aimless drift starward. Glacier is a G3 main-sequence star, just a bit larger and brighter than Sol. The surrounding system is a busy place, containing six terrestrial planets, a gas giant, and no fewer than three asteroid belts. Most of the system's population resides on the fourth planet, which is listed in your records as simply Glacier 4, owing to the fact that its official name is disputed among the locals. After a few quiet hours with no sign of pursuit, Anton sounds the all-clear and turns on the lights. You are immediately hailed. I guess I'll answer it as communications... Officer. Did you spin me back up yet? <laughs> no, I think, I think Jeff should just not get to play anymore for a while. <laughs> um, you know about, what you did. How about, I'll tell you what, man, if I could just hang out listening to you guys laughing and drinking whiskey for the rest of the podcast. I mean, it sounds like those things could happen simultaneously. If they're sure. hailing us immediately, we don't have control over, like, let's spin up grace before they hail us. But I would imagine that that would be happening simultaneously, too. It's not suspicious to not answer a hail for, like, a minute, but it's... Oh, okay. Then, yeah, we'll wait. You bring Grace online, and then you're going to answer the hail? Mm-hmm. You expect to see another ship captain in a cramped cockpit, or maybe an overworked spaceport traffic officer in some harshly lit cubicle. But when the view screen activates, you're surprised to see a man in a white cowboy hat seated on the back of a beautiful black horse on some open prairie. Howdy, partner. I'm Nolan Ryan P. Jr., cowboy. <laughs> oh, my God. You like Nolan Ryan P. Jr. is that what it is? I know it's the voice. It was the, oh, yeah. it was the voice change to like I know that this is gonna be for like dick pills or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 Howdy, partner. I'm Nolan Ryan P. Jr., cowboy and spokesman for the UA. <laughs> Laughing at my joke. Hello, I'm a cowboy. (laughs) Howdy, partner. I'm Nolan Ryan T. Jr. God damn it. Maybe you should just leave all these takes in. Okay, I'm gonna. This will be the outro for this episode. (laughs) Just be trying to get through this multiple times. Howdy, partner. I'm Nolan Ryan P. Jr., cowboy and spokesman for ELA Chemical Industries. It's my genuine pleasure to welcome y'all to the Glacier System. Whether you're just swinging by Apogee Station for a refuel or coming to stay a while on the beautiful planet of ELA, I hope you'll allow me to point you towards some opportunities to partake in the many luxuries of our humble, that our humble system has to offer. 
thanks to your friends at Eli Chemical Industries. You receive a second hail, but Nolan Ryan P. Jr. continues speaking. Do you want to answer the second hail or keep listening to this guy? Um, Absolutely, this first guy keeps going on. <laughs> speaking of luxuries, mm -mm, something smells good. He reaches off screen and produces a foil wrapped burrito, <laughs> which he tears open to reveal the rich brown gravy inside. <laughs> Your friends at Take Jung have done it again. That's authentic recreation pear and beef, like ain't been seen in these parts for centuries. Genetically modified to taste 37% cheesier than the competition. <laughs> Boy, one thing's for sure about Take Jong hot eats and cool treats. The flavors may have changed, but the taste remains the same. <laughs> Better than ever. Mackie, Mackie wanders into the cockpit, and I'm assuming this is up on one of the view screens. Yes. And he's just like, ugh, glazed. <laughs> Mackie, it is imperative that we acquire one of these burritos for oh, further analysis. Oh, that is that is mission critical for sure. We're definitely going to get I, at I, least. I believe I would be remiss in if I did not tell you that one of my colleagues at the institute definitely did a study on those burritos, and you should not eat them. Oh, I will not be eating them, as I am incapable of ingesting organic matter. Anton will be eating them. And then subsequently describing to me in detail the mouthfeel, taste, odor, and overall sensorium. However, I have empirically determined that Anton is incapable of being affected adversely by the very worst that the galaxy has to offer. <laughs> I mean, I've certainly had worse than that burrito. <laughs> have you had worse than an entire wheelbarrow of those burritos? Because that might be in the office. <laughs> I, as a person, would really <laughs> fuck up a burrito right now. <laughs> Actually, me too. I got, I got nothing here. I'm into it. I mean, I don't know. I eat, I eat the meat at Taco Bell. Ain't no, ain't no bitch in my blood. <laughs> uh, from, so good. From the airlock, What's by the way, you hear, you hear Hopper saying, Why is there such a calibration error with my eyes? It is as though my left eye and my right eye have been transposed. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Gracie, uh, probably just one of those things. Try rubbing your eyes. I do that when I wake up. Maggie's like, uh, let's just get this over with. He answers the second hail. Okay. Answering the second hail, you see a scene largely identical to the first, although this cowboy is slightly darker complexion and mustache. Howdy, partner. I'm Cowboy Ray, spokesman for Zihu Hangong Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> it's my genuine pleasure to welcome you all to the Glacier System. Whether you're just swinging by Apogee Station for a refuel or coming to stay a while at the beautiful planet of Jihu Hagnong, <laughs> I hope you'll allow me to point you towards some of the opportunities for taking the many luxuries that our humble system has offered. And it continues like that for a while. What kind of food does this one hawk? Uh, the burrito, also. Uh oh. <laughs> Do we get a third hail? <laughs> you do. <laughs> All right. I got 20 credits on Cowboy, but this one is going to try to sell us guns. Who's, uh, who, any takers? I will, I will be a partial taker. I think it will be a Cowboy. Wait, no. I don't know if I know how this game works. I'm supposed right, to I got you. you. I see your 20 on guns. I'm going to raise you 10. Now this one... Is a cow woman, oh. and she's selling laser printers. <laughs> All right, he, he, he answers the hail. <laughs> this time you see something a little more standard. 
Okay. A man in a black Apogee aerospace uniform standing in an immaculate communications room surrounded by floating holographic screens. Hello and welcome to Glazier. This is Commander Hao Zhun, uh, representing Apogee Aerospace. He takes a long drag off a cigarette and says, Hmm, nothing smokes like a relic. <laughs> <laughs> How can we be of assistance today? Is this one an actual interact with message? or is He this... asked you what he can do for you. Okay. What can you do for us? That's a good question. I, I mean, well, we probably need oh, docking clearance. Yes. I mean, top off the fuel. So perhaps we should go to Apogee Station first, yes? Sounds as good as anything to me. Is Apogee Station a convenient place to access uh, Glazier 4? Absolutely. Right. I will uh, send you a flight solution uh, right along here momentarily. Excellent. And then I do have yeah. a question for you on the station. Is there perhaps a satellite office for the Reliquary Institute? Not on the station, I'm afraid, but from the station, you can take a shuttle to Glazier 4, where you will find several different Reliquary Institute installations. If I were to ask you which of the two cowboys would tell me the truth and which one would not, what would you say? <laughs> well, I'd ask the cowboys which is the most comfortable, luxurious vehicle to ride, and if the one that says Exilus is correct. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Commander? Hmm. I just want to tell you, you look really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I think it's mostly a cigarette, but I, it's working. Well, in fairness, I am a uh, composite of multiple uh, traits found desirable by consumers. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. You wear it well, sir. You wear it well. Thank you. Yeah, I was wondering if you could just have a carton of those cigarettes and maybe a couple of burritos just at the berth when we land. <laughs> we will absolutely have those ready for you. That'll cost you uh, ten credits. <laughs> There's also a money changer on hand. If you intend to go to Glazer, you'll want to uh, convert your... I assume you're using the local Rheingold Republic credits. Would be a safe assumption. I thought the whole purpose of credits is that they were universal. I'm afraid not. Sort of, like a, sort of like a Wilson, Wilson Arkansas kind of situation, I think. I would like to roll a knowledge check, maybe mm -hmm. like um, no wisdom, mm -hmm. to see through this potential Disney Bucks sale okay. right here. Could we like finagle the exchange rate so we come out ahead? I mean, we could certainly try if yeah. we're knowledgeable of the situation. I have a feeling I don't know things, because I think that little symbol right there is a one. Well, uh, uh, I could try potentially... I four total. I could roll. This True. scene? Go yeah, this would be the end of the scene. So uh, okay, sure. I'll, I'll re-roll it, but I'm going to use different dice, because those are not doing well for me right now. I never write down enough about my foci. I just write down like what they are in very general information. Okay, it's a middling roll, but still better than that one. Six on the die for a total of eight. Okay. You do know that there are probably people on Glazier willing to take Rheingold Cluster Republic credits, mm -hmm. but they would have you over the barrel. You're going to lose one way or the other. Okay. My, part of my connect foci is that if we end up spending about a week in this location, I can build a network of contacts that would be willing to help us out and do us favors, and I feel like finding a way to circumnavigate the exchange rate might be something that we could work in. We just need to be here for a while. Okay. Well, part of that, I might be able to boost that with my authority, which once per day, I can request a non-hostile role with 
charisma lead against something anyway. If I succeed, they comply. Yeah. So like we might be able to ping pong those things. Yeah, I I, I think that there's probably better than just like saving money ways that we can use these, but at least establishing a network is going to be super helpful. I think we have to set it up on the front end, or otherwise it's going to be like, you go to a train station in Switzerland (laughs) and try and buy a coffee, and it ends up costing you like $97. Yeah. Did that happen to you? No. In the meantime, before we dock, I'm going to use this to justify connect trek, but just Anton's going to be scrolling through whatever glazier social media slash Tinder type (laughs) kind of shit is out there. He's just really trying to just like socially network. I'm looking for Anton, for the love of God, put your browser on incognito mode before you search that shit. (laughs) I am am very disappointed that you mess with my browser settings. (laughs) We talked about this already. Anton, you are correct, and I must apologize, but I must assure you, I left them better than when I found them. As a disembodied sapiens, I am su- supposedly incapable of feeling nausea, and yet somehow I do. <laughs> That's tender for you. <laughs> hey. Alright, um, roll for swiping. That's uh, a six plus my one in my skill. It's a seven all day. Generally speaking, a six is the lowest thing that could be a success on like a simple check. If anything lower than a six would be a success, then I would not call for a roll. Gotcha. I like how Anton canonically has a string of women everywhere he goes, yeah. but in-game he has, has been zero game. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we have not established that it's just a string of women. There has been okay, a, a woman on the planet that I grew up on. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was that foot woman. I mean, come on. I was... Uh, I, feel like, I feel like she was really pinging off of Mackie's energy more than anything. <laughs> she was uh, she was just trying to work the ship. All right, I'm gonna working give you guys, the ship is what I call it sometimes. You know, before we progress too much further, I'm going to give you guys the information that from your passive scans of the system, like what to expect, what you what you see in the system. Excellent. Um, there is Apogee Station, which is a refueling station and shipyard circling the gas giant of Glazier Five. Glazier Four is the populated planet. It has, I'm sorry, Mackie, a gravity of 1.3 G. Uh, Exactly 0.1 above your comfort zone. Dang it all. It's also a cold planet. Mm -hmm. At the equator, the current temperature is at the equatorial colony, 14 degrees Fahrenheit. That's minus 10 Celsius. At the poles, the temperature is closer to uh, minus 76 Fahrenheit, uh, minus 60 Celsius. The biosphere is human visible. Uh, which means that you do have to worry about being... Well, you can both eat the animals there and be eaten by them. Okay, cool. Excellent. And the population is a measly 764,000 spread across the entire... multiple settlements. Gotcha. Yeah. And this okay. is a single planet. It is a single planet. Okay. It was initially settled for rhodium mining from Bowieite in glacial moraines. Rhodium is one of the rarer metals and is useful in spike drives. Okay. Uh, in modern day, it's useful in, like, carburetors and shit. Okay. But it is, like, a very rare metal, uh, which is why this shitty planet was so Gotcha. I think it's on okay. the uh, same period as uh, as Iridium, actually. Mm. Interesting. Mm. You said there was only a single habited planet? Inhabited planet in this? There's only one planet that is, like, 
seriously inhibited. Okay. Which is well, the, so in that but case, every planet is probably going to have like okay. some kind of. In that case, didn't the cowboys just use two different planet names? Yeah, the, they did. Of those things. They no, both no. were referring to Glazer Four. Four. There's, oh, they're the, that's the branded names yeah. for each of those. Okay, gotcha. There are rival corporate nations on Glazer Four. <laughs> Shockingly. <laughs> We might have mentioned before that isn't this the system where Mackie's yes ship is That's now correct. his a ship tourist? is is in orbit as as a tourist site around Glazer Four. It is man, uh, managed by Fabulous Prizes Incorporated. Mackie, I, I, I think that um, we awkwardly went back to my home planet last time, so. <laughs> Maybe it is. Uh, I'm gonna run into uh, Maggie's ex girlfriend. It's a time to. <laughs> Actually, I think Maggie has like kids, right? Yeah, I thought so. Do I? I think you've mentioned it. Yeah, I <laughs> sure. <laughs> they they pro- yeah they. I think they... you said in the last last time we recorded. I think you said your kids are all grown up and you. Yeah. Oh fuck. I guess okay. It's official. I know everyone at home has been wondering. <laughs> Maggie fucks. Let's be clear. Their DNA tested and everything. Let's be clear. Mackie fucked up. Not, not necessarily fucks. Ask Feet Lady, man. He can't get down. <laughs> yeah, the Uh-oh. question is do she got feet? <laughs> um, so, if she got feet, I fucks. Mackie's looking at the scans. I don't think he was expecting to see the Empress Helene here. The Empress Helene that travels from place to place, you know, oh, it's a traveling okay. show. So Understood. I did not realize that. That is fine. Hang on. He's he's looking at the uh, sensor readings and transponders of things. He sees the transponder code for the Helene, and he's like, Hey, Anton, Anton, look at this. Hey, what's up? That's the Empress Helene. That's the... That's the ship I came to the Rhinegold on. Look at that. Oh, wow. And Still it, uh, flying. Can I say something without... I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Man, that's a fucking dumb host. <laughs> You're telling me, brother. <laughs> Look, um, you are feeling like the pangs of a craving for a nice plate of emergency <laughs> nutrient, nutrient paste. Mmm, so good. I just mean that to say that I, I have a, a newfound respect for your uh, your your maintenance skills, man. You know, to, to keep on the boat like that for as long as you did, that's, mm-hmm. that's a very impressive feat. Well, it was a team effort. And, I mean, I was just fortunate to be born near the finish line, you know? Uh, there was five generations lived and died on that thing. It's oh, amazing yeah. to think about. I never thought of Mackie as being like hooked into some generational wealth right there. Mm, oh, yeah, it really uh, sound like he came from a position of privilege. Well, you know how it is. When you you guys know how it is when you're born on a ship trapped between stars, the inheritor of generations of despair. I never I didn't even take a solid shit till I was fifty. You know, it's uh And you're white. <laughs> and you're white. You know how that is. Uh he's like he's looking at it for he's like, I might want to drop by there just for a minute. There there might be some people there I wouldn't mind saying hi to. I don't know if they're still alive. Maybe there's a way I can check. Mr. Mackey, I'm detecting elevated levels of activation in the pain cortex of your brain, associated with your viewing oh. the starship. That is, uh, accurate. 
Shall I open fire? <laughs> no, not this time. But you can do something for me. Can you scan the registry? Uh, is the is the ship still owned by a conglomerate called Fabulous Prizes? Fabulous Prizes Incorporated. Uh, figures. Well, they have to be owned by somebody. What's uh, up, Hildy? Uh, Mr. Mackey, did I hear correctly? Are you telling me that you're um, one of the members of the crew of the Empress Elaine? Yeah, yes, I was, uh, I was the managing engineer on it during our final approach to the Rheingold Cluster. It was, uh, you know... That is absolutely fascinating. When I was a small girl, my parents took me to the Empress Helene, and it was one of my favorite visits, listening to the way that the people on the ship spoke my language, but also very much not my language, was one of the formative factors in my becoming a linguist. Well, I'm uh, pleased to have been able to help. Uh, they do say a lot of fuck words on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really. Um, they put fuck in places and sentences. Where it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I was a relatively conservative with my speech before I met uh, this fucking guy. <laughs> you know the whole thing about buffalo, 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 buffalo. Well, we can do that with fuck. <laughs> I must say that because I went there as a child, I did not see the fucking buffalo. Uh, well, you might have seen uh, me or one of my kids dressed up like clowns going through the motions of our old lives like we're some kind of freak show working bullshit replicators and pretend... Uh, I'm sorry. I got nothing to say to that. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time, Dr. Cade. Anyhow, uh, so are we going to head to Apogee Station? We could probably do the top off the tank. Yes, I think they have sent us by now the solution, yep. the yep. talking but solution. Let me interrupt I truly say... empathize with you, Mackie. What an existential horror to have to go through the motions of some sort of menial labor at the direction of an objectively inferior supervisor. <laughs> I, uh... Ouch. I, you know what? I heard that. Down. I never thought that, uh... You really uh, went by anybody's sort of word other than your own, as far as I could tell, Grace. That is empirically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Let me interrupt to say that I was not finished listing <laughs> things that you saw. <laughs> Which is right. fine. I'm happy for you guys to interrupt me. I just want to, you know, there's still more information available. Good deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess we can lock in the solution and take mm -hmm. in the rest of the rundown. Uh, so Glazer is named after... Uh, in Norse mythology, a beautiful tree that supposedly grows outside the doors of Valhalla. The moon of Glazer 4 is known as Skane's Daughter, mm. and there are the remnants of a failed colony there. In the outermost asteroid belt, there is a weapons testing area owned by Apogee Aerospace. On the second asteroid belt, there is a travel advisory about an ongoing war between mining interests. There is a research base operated by the Reliquary Institute. They are very near Glazer itself, so they are close to the star. Okay. Approximately the same distance from Glazer as Mercury from Sol. Okay. Okay. That is all of the information your passive scans have brought up. If there's anything specific you want to look at, uh, Apogee Station is orbiting the gas giant. Which is the primary... Primarily inhabited? No, uh, no. Laser 4, which is the icy planet, is the primarily inhabited. Okay, but gotcha. we can get shuttles to Glazer 4 from, from Apogee Station, even though it's in orbit of the gas giant and Correct. not. Okay. okay. Cool. You can go straight to Glazer 4, but you can't refuel there. 
Okay. Which we clearly need. You do know you do know that Apogee builds spike drive. One of the deals is that they like for people who enter the system to come to Apogee Station, leave their ship in their careful care to be refueled, and then they shuttle you to Glazer Four in the lap of luxury. Riding on a Spike 3, like, uh, top of the line, so shuttle. Ah, okay. Look, if, if we've got to listen to a sales pitch to get free tickets to uh, King's Island. Feels like a, a they do. timeshare. Yeah, yeah, they also have the heads of all the eagles in jars, which will perform <laughs> a concert for you. <laughs> I am prepared to sing Seven Bridges Road. <laughs> Do, is it like John Walsh era? Okay. My new short-term goal or is to Joe Walsh, short Seven Bridges Road. I was, I was kind of really hoping for Take It Easy. So um, you guys have arrived in the system as uh, has been covered. You have been uh, contacted by multiple corporate interests with uh, artificial personas intended to sell you tacos, cigarettes, automobiles, spike drives. All Horses. sorts of things. You are headed now, I believe, to Apogee Station. That's which, right. Uh, yes. Where you can uh, be refueled. Uh, Apogee Station is a it's a large orbital station in high it's in high orbit over the gas giant Glazier Five, which is a kind of mottled brown orange um, Jupiter like planet. There are relatively few moons for a gas giant. There are a few, but most have been broken up for their mineral wealth long ago. Yeah, so Apogee Station, a big fueling station, and uh, you guys have a flight path there. Where do you guys want to go? What are people's thoughts on, on what well, we want to do in this system? It seems like we currently have really two goals, and that is you getting the artifact to the Reliquary Institute mm-hmm. and us potentially finding a fence for our... AI box. And those could be overlapping. Yeah. And outside of that, I would say our larger transient goals at the moment Mm -hmm. have to do with the fact that some entity is pursuing us and we're not exactly sure what that is. And so... Or or might be pursuing us. We weren't sure if they had continued to pursue us or not. At least were pursuing us in a very uh, aggressive manner recently. (laughs) So maybe if we can try to scrounge up some show information here on the planet that was his home of his corporate interests, which okay. I thought was kind of part of a reason why we came here. And then I know, kind of additionally, Mackie had thrown out the idea of going to visit. Uh, yeah, family that's definitely something that he'll potential. do. But he he's not going to push too hard on that. He's he's conflicted. He'll, he feels like he has to, but he's looking for an excuse not to. Yeah, something like that. Mackie is going to find a way to break off mm-hmm. and visit an internet cafe. He'll, like, throw a goth off his terminal, <laughs> and he'll uh, <laughs> log into Facebook Marketplace and put the shit on the market and see if we can get any bites. He'll probably buy a burner phone, too, or something. How much we have is- one direction, and one directive, and one directive only, which is... We shall sell the relic to the Reliquary Institute. Uh, yeah. And an additional sub-directive given to me by Mackie of, eh, don't worry about it too much, Gracie. Mind your own beeswax for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I guess, I mean, my mission is to go take Hopper off and have a night on the town. 
I think when we hit station, we're likely to sort of scatter into our individual purposes. Hildy would be trying to find if there's even just like a single office for the Institute Mm. on the station. She would be trying to go connect up with them. The obvious buyer for the AI would be Chen Technologies. Okay. Also, the Reliquary Institute would probably have an interest. I I would expect, yeah. So, two birds, one stone. You may as well go hit up the Institute first. Yeah. Question about my goal. Um, As far as my short-term goal that seems like I didn't necessarily accomplish, but is also no longer probably, you know, relevant. Can you read it? I read it, but just read it off. Uh, So, my short-term goal for the last end-of-arc stuff was figure out Sergei's motivation, parenthetical, can we trust him? What do you think his motivation was? So, I mean, self-preservation, obviously. I mean, I think that's really flavored by him jumping off the ship instead of sticking with us. So I think really, as far as Sergei, his motivation was pure just like fear. And Survival. yeah, he was just trying to get out of a bad situation. I would I, say taking extreme points. Cool. Haha, you scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Two more and I'll be a whole level ahead of you jokers. I'm going to set my goals real low. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Anton is totally dying in the bar fight. <laughs> oh, I would help you recover your lost hit points, but my lowly level two <laughs> skills are un- insufficient to the task. Grace would like to scan the new system for any news, whereabouts, like location info, records, etc., of either Revenagen Biotech or Risk, ma- risk Matrix Quantitative and al- Analytics Fund. Okay. You want to tell me what those are? Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the Hopper is the med bot from the Revenagen Biotech satellite that was the, the first point of contact after the scaver ship got infested with a fragment of an AI from the Risk Matrix Quantitative and Analytics Fund and became aware said AI being the, uh, her, her prime prime directive. Her prime directive. Right. Okay. Okay, so Revenigen is the company that made the Hopper yes. uh, platform. Yes. And Risk, Mat- Risk Matrix Quantitative and Analytics is the company that ran the AI that... Tiniest fragment of right. which escaped and became Grace. Right. And the idea is that you don't know as a player where they are based or what they Correct. are. Correct. Okay. There have been too many resets and reboots. Right. Okay. Yeah, so you're scanning for uh, any information about them. Yep. Uh, Jeff, I think you were about to point out to the party that because of your fuel bunker, you actually don't have to be fuel as a... As a... We, we have one in reserve if we've got a scrap. I think uh, Mackie's suspenders and a belt perspective on everything would be like, well, there's a gas station. Let's top off. Yeah, 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 for sure. If 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 we don't have to be heat yeah. without refueling, but it is an option. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you're hailed by a long-haired, kind of, uh, kind of dirty <laughs> white guy in overalls and no shirt. Does he look like a hippie? Does he, does he, he look looks like, like me? He, <laughs> well, he says, he says, Bonjour. <laughs> My name is Anton. Oh, no. I, I'm here with uh, Mama's favorite etouffee. Made like they do all the year. Anton, you should be aware that the sophisticated program of AB advertising has reached its apogee in this system. Do not be swayed. 
I'm just a little disappointed as a personal choice that I didn't lean into the accent a bit harder is all. I <laughs> This is why Anton is being played with the death wish. <laughs> okay, so long story short, we approach Apogee Station. We keep getting hailed. Yeah. It's by constant pop up. And, and finally, if I can say there's one there's one more hail. Okay. Which is from you're contacted by a representative of Chen Technologies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. And they offer a Glazier System specialized ad blocker <laughs> for 40 credits. Sold! Before they can install another toolbar on our metaphorical browser, mm-hmm. I would like to try to do my own ad blocker. <laughs> okay. Give me a program check. Okay. Is it an ad blocker that can filter and only pick them and like lets them play if they're going to be really funny? Forces them through a, like a void comp test. I yeah. only rolled an 8, so yes. <laughs> The ad blocker that they sold us was just Bonzi Buddy, which just clicked cancel on Bonzi Buddy ad. Uh, you arrive at Apogee Station. It is a large disc-shaped structure. You link up to the outer edge of it, landing kind of just on the, like I said, just on the edge. A number of uh, robotic droids that look a lot more simple than Hopper kind of scurry out to link hoses up to your fuel line. There is a hard light dome that you pass through, which captures or, or retains an atmosphere here, so you're mm-hmm. able to step out without any kind of breathing apparatus. Gotcha. You do know that the planet that you're headed to, are presuming that you leave from here to go to uh, Glazier 4, mm-hmm. has a dense uh, atmosphere that requires a rebreather. You do not need an oxygen tank. There is plenty of oxygen in the atmosphere. It's just that the atmosphere is so dense that you have to have a, like a filtration system to breathe. Gotcha. And probably, you know, winter clothing. Yeah. Question, was Anton's package here when we landed? He requested that there be yes. some crappy burritos and some uh, cigarettes. Yes, you have a paper bag <laughs> that's greasy on the bottom. And looking inside, there are three burritos from Takejong. And a pack of relics. Nice. I instantly unwrap and start chomping on a burrito while simultaneously opening a pack of cigarettes and lighting one. Nice. It's 37% cheesier than the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> easy. Easy 37%. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my style for gas station microwave burritos is you skip the microwaves cold out of the package. <laughs> Hopper, Hopper is watching you and just like running his hand on the side of the microwave. <laughs> so not right. Not right. Well, gentlemen, now that we are here, I believe as much fun as it is to hang out with you, and as much as I enjoy those delicious fish drinks last time around, I believe I must go and find the office for the Reliquary Institute so that I might be able to broker transit of the artifact and, um, you know, just some other business. And she kind of gives Maggie the... The high sign. The, yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's totally okay. Hey Hopper, how about I describe the um the eating experience of these burritos? We'll go grab a drink on the town. That sounds excellent. I'm going to uh, do a little bit of shopping for some sundries around the shop. How are we doing on TP? Uh, I mean, we. we have <laughs> You have the you have the three seats. I, 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 I thought we had a bidet, so I don't know. <laughs> that is, That's that a is, water fountain. That is, that is not a water. 
That yeah, is yeah. a drinking water recirculating system. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, I, I'm the anyway. type of man that uses the bathroom sink like a urinal anyway, and I'll just flush it by turning the tap on. So. Right. <laughs> Mr. Mackey, do not be alarmed. We have as much TP as we could possibly need for an entire generation. Three squares. <laughs> so, tell you so, what, I'm gonna go uh, pick up some sundries. I'll catch up with you guys at the bar. Uh, uh, you got your your comm slab on you? Oh yeah, always. All right, you gentlemen, have fun, but uh, keep it clean. All right, <laughs> this is a nice place. We'll keep it clean. It's not like we're going to uh, unleash a rogue AI on the universe or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, exactly. Under no circumstances stuff. do that yourself. <laughs> uh, all right. Can I get the connect checks from, uh, I believe I've got one coming from Colin and one from Kristen. Let me give you a little teaser, uh, however. So here's um, here's an interesting one, I thought. This is called the Drinker's Paradox, which I thought was up for This is a new scene if you want to use um, So in any pub, there is a customer such that if that customer is drinking, everyone in the pub is drinking. I am with you so far. That's it. I do not understand. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the point, isn't it? So, here's what I got. The paradox is easily resolved by slaughtering every customer within the pub. Isn't that so much fun as a paradox? Either that, or a simple, either that, or a simple esophageal bypass tube could be deployed <laughs> into each of their stomachs, so, such that all of them are drinking constantly at all times. Oh. Shall I deploy such a tube to you? <laughs> I would rather just do it the old-fashioned way, as long as that's, you know, an option. Carry on. All right, so I actually rolled box cars nice. for that. Now, I do not have any skills in Connect, but I do have... You didn't say what skill, but unless the skill associated with this is Dexterity or Constitution. It's going to be charisma. Awesome. Or Strength, actually. I don't have a plus in there. Yeah, so my plus and my minus balance out for a total of 12. Okay. How'd you do over there, Colin? <laughs> Mackie, with his negatives to this, would have gotten, I think he would have gotten a minus for having nothing in Connect, but a plus for having plus one wisdom. So, seven on the die, but I should stress, his approach was always going to be dumb. All he needs, <laughs> all he needs is like an internet cafe or something, and right. he'll be off to the races. Okay. Well, a seven is enough for that. Okay, cool. So, given that, I'm looking for, there is a local office here for the Institute, and then more than just the, uh... There is not. But, as you're reaching out your feelers mm -hmm. uh, to various um, reliquary officials that you know of, that kind of, like, document the travels of individuals working for the Institute, you do come up with Humberto Hollis. Okay. Who is a requisitions officer for the Institute. Which means it's essentially his specialty is to make these kinds of arrangements. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he happens to currently be in transit in the Glazer system and uh, expects to arrive at Apogee within the day. Excellent. Do I have a way to directly connect with him right now, or can I only leave him a message for um, his arrival to Apogee? You can send a message via official channels mm -hmm. and send him your contact information. Okay. Like then that's exactly what I'll do. Is he someone that I just know of, or is he someone that I have dealt with in the past? Mm. What was your total? You got 12? I got 12 total, and that was basically in that 20, if it, if it were, a d20. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you uh, you know him. You don't know him well, but you know him. Okay. He's uh, competent. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so I will send him a message and I will specifically tell him, I will give him my credentials in the standard way that people within the Institute would talk to each other. And then I will ask for the main thing will be talking about obtaining a, an object detailing interaction between non-Terran sentients with a postscript that suggests that I may have something of value for the study of non-organic intelligence. Okay. While we're sort of in this process of information gathering, mm -hmm. I'd like to, just while Hopper and I are at about on the town, I would like to continue both digitally and in person, kind of trying to chat people up about Cho and see if I can gather any sort of like, oh yeah, he mysteriously got ejected into space out of the compound mm -hmm. last week type, <laughs> right. you know, what's going on shit. Yeah, so even just casually looking into it. The local news, Cho was a board member of the Echo Corporation, and uh, you find a reference that seems a little strange to you, but you're kind of used to seeing strange shit in systems you're not from, different cultural mores and all that, which indicates that um, the Echo Corporation has sent a dozen faithful laborers on a pilgrimage to the pole, to the North Pole, basically to, like, supplicate themselves to to the universe for the safety of Jeff Chip. Well, <laughs> in the hopes that he will be recovered in good health. I oh, wow. blanked out for a moment on that description, and when I came back, there was a bunch of religious stuff, and I mm -hmm. had to think for a moment how you got back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, I thought he asked about Chow. Well, it was recorded, so you can listen later. <laughs> and I will. If, if I Basically, there's to... some kind of weird religious component to the Echo Corporation that involves ah. the laborers uh, performing some kind of religious ritual, probably some kind of self-sacrifice, yeah. because it's not likely. You could survive in heavy clothing and all that kind of stuff on Blazer 4, but that's a, not indefinitely. That's an ordeal. Yeah. I don't know. This doesn't track. A corporation asking its workers to sacrifice themselves <laughs> for the betterment of the CEO? <laughs> Preposterous. <laughs> if I wanted to kind of do a deeper back channel dive on that, is something that that's something I should wait until that period where I've got my like social network built. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, um, you can like you can attempt to. I'm going to move to Colin, but you can have you can work on what your next question. Is. Wait, so, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Okay, <laughs> so if everyone in the bar is drinking except for one person, then that one person is not drinking, so that everyone in the bar is not. Wait a minute, but then if he takes a drink, then everyone in the bar is drinking. It's a, it's a real head-scratcher, huh? You know, because, like, also, there's one guy that's gonna be the last guy in the bar, and until he's done drinking, if there's one person that is drinking in the bar, everyone in the bar is drinking. You kind of get where that's... It's kind of a, it's a real <laughs> squirrely, eh? It is. I still submit that this could be readily uh, solved, resolved with a judicious application of laser fire. <laughs> That's uh, in a pinch. So you're having uh, mixed success at the internet cafe. Is is it full for of goths? Want of a better word? <laughs> space goths. Is it full of space goths? No, it's Aww. full of space goths. Maggie <laughs> <laughs> no. orders a decaf latte. I was gonna have something else, but I couldn't come up with it. So space goths. Maggie has a decaf latte. It goes up to the squirreliest looking one and jerks his thumb out the door. Is like, beat it, Depp. <laughs> He scurries, he scurries from your sight. As he, as he scurries out the door, does he turn and hiss at me? 
Hey, there's a Tim Burton film festival down the way. When he stands up from his seat, you think he's gonna like bow up on you, and you kind of you take a step back, and your jacket goes, "Ay caramba!" <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, so Mackie sits down at the terminal, and he cracks his knuckles, and he logs into Spacebook. He logs into an account. All right, when that, you go to uh, Spacebook, you're already logged in as Black Raven 66. Oh, he, well, that's, he has to log out of that account. He has to log into his other yeah, account. Yeah. You, you, and, you don't uh, want to post some, something embarrassing on his timeline just while so you can. So, basically, he logs into an account named uh, Mildred Fingerbomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, the profile hollow is a, a nice old lady in a wicker chair, and she's cuddling this thing that looks like a big sea cucumber with an emo haircut. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he goes into Spacebook Marketplace from here and looks thoughtful for a moment, and he <laughs> posts the following message. What up, my star menches? Cool Mackie C coming straight out the ecliptic to drop some mad hot deals with a Z unto you like a rock out of orbit. Though it may tax thine credulity, I'm legit honor bound, fools. The max a purveyor of sooth. You may ask any star daddy and star mommy and they'll straighten you out, son. If you or someone you love fucks with that dank, dank pre-tech, you ought to know I'm packing a cherry and fully operational AI module that told me secret it's cold splooshed out to assist you in your no doubt straight up and ethical business dealings slash prescribed psi research slash plans for interstellar domination. So if you think this is the mailing address of the smart money, put a stamp on it, baby! <laughs> a lot of exclamation points. A lot. Oh my God. But you best hurry, hurry, step right up, because the Mac track is leaving the depot. I got bitches to holler at the Rheingold over, so I'm going to blow this popsicle stand in three days. Interested buyers can catch me in the libationarium of the hotel whatever the local, like, Apogee Station swanky hotel is, mm-hmm. at standard noon time on he gives tomorrow's date. I, I don't know what it is, but that's the date he gives it. <laughs> and then he signs, Kindest regards, M. Coburn. Postscript, no scrubs need apply. <laughs> <laughs> then he, uh, he smiles and nods, and, you know, he's like, nailed it. <laughs> and then, but, but wait, he sits at the terminal for a minute, and he, he gets this kind of like thoughtful look on his face. And he appears to reach a conclusion. He logs out of the Mildred Fingerbomb account and he quickly makes a new account under the name Roger Robot. For the profile photo, he just grabs a stock hollow gif of like a toaster working in zero gravity. And he goes back to Spacebook Marketplace from this account and he posts a new listing. No photo, nothing. He just posts Gate109BX in the heading, and he's, that's also the whole body of the ad. And he goes, okay, we'll see what happens with that. And then he signs out of that account. Uh, he goes to the kiosk, which I'm sure is less than 10 feet from the internet cafe, and uh, picks up a burner phone, you know, a burner data slab. And that's what he does. He's a mysterious man. And it hurts that nobody seems to recognize that. <laughs> you know, uh, Stan, earlier I said that uh, your description of the planetary transit was poetic. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I take it back. This, <laughs> this was the purest poetry that humanity has taught. That was a fairly standard business letter <laughs> for this uh, period in galactic history. Yeah, that, was, that was boilerplate. Nah, no, he for, he, but he forgot the standard uh, sign-off. Peace in the Middle East. <laughs> Still hasn't been accomplished. Peace was accomplished in the Middle East, is. Oh, wow. <laughs> After a short period of cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'll do it. Okay. So, yeah, after finding out the info about Humberto Hollis coming to town, Tildy mm-hmm. is going to spend the rest of the time until she is called by one of the other crew members, going to whatever the equivalent of a Parisian cafe kind of situation mm-hmm. is. Huh. And uh, she's just going to go and enjoy, like, a nice cup of very fine space coffee. Okay, knock off the credit. I can't, I can't think of a real thing, so right. space, space coffee. Space and coffee she, will, she will start perusing local vendors or for a drone of some kind. She's specifically looking for something that would have at least a medium combat capability, but that could have some versatility. She's looking for something that can help with, like, be combat for her, but also that she wouldn't need it to, like, improve her programming stuff, but physical-type things. So something that would help in terms of, like, lifting things Mm -hmm. or carrying things. Got it. And her background being what it is, she'd be more at home with something that you might find in, like, the space archaeology thing. Cool. Uh, if you want to look at the drones in the book, off camera, you can give me kind of what you're looking for okay. in rules terms, okay. and I will give you back a list of your options that are kind okay. of around that. Cool. Uh, there are several different aerospace and defense companies set on uh, based on Glazer 4. At Apogee Station, Apogee Aerospace is one of the aerospace and defense companies, so they are the only vendor here. Okay, gotcha. But when you go to PlanetSide, you could try to find a better deal. Gotcha. Pursuant to the question earlier about checking up on those two companies in the background, like, do you want me to roll for that, or...? Uh, yes. Connect? Uh, yeah, connect group. That is, a nine. Nice. In the interim, Anton is currently searching for a drink that is sensationally similar to getting hit upside the head with a gold bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Galactic Gargle Smasher? What was, what was it called? Gargle Blaster. You uncover... No information on Revenigen. However, you do find a connection between risk matrix quantitative analytics and a, uh, a group that exists today, which appears to have uh, descended from that like corporate interest, which was like a pre-tech industry. Mm-hmm. There was a facility on, in the Morgali system, and the organization that appears to be like, is kind of heir apparent to their like, technology and secrets is called the Sinyali Siongin. Just spelled like it sounds. S I N E U L O space S E O M G I N. Sinyulo Siongin. And just from life in the sector, you have kind of a vague familiarity with them as strange isolationist religious missionaries. Fun. They're kind of like uh, you would you would occasionally run into them in spaceports, kind of like uh, Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> They're like if if uh, Hari Krishna were Jedi. 
Okay. Do I know anything about the location of the Marvel Eye system? Um, you know that you have just gone in the opposite direction. Yeah. That if you travel to Procia Moors, then you can make a two hex jump to the Marvel Eye system. Kristen. Yes. So the way the, the way the station is set up is kind of a a ring of shops and okay. businesses and offices and that kind of thing. So you've got like a promenade kind of... Right. You have this big kind of public plaza in the center with okay. uh, lots of beautiful plant life. Okay. Some alien, some genetically created. Cool. The system is entirely self-sufficient in terms of producing oxygen. Yes. Oh, cool. Um, these plants that oh, basically okay. like keep the station alive. Yeah. And while you're seated having your space coffee, the people at table over from you... Mm-hmm are having a quiet conversation that you can't help but eavesdrop on. It appears to be like a couple. Mm-hmm. And the woman says to her date, what did you get at Take Jean? <laughs> <laughs> I got the muffaletta the way I like it. Oh, no. Proceeds to have a scripted conversation that you can tell us for your benefit. Interesting. <laughs> I feel like this probably isn't the first time that Hildy has dealt with this. I wouldn't say that she's like been to this area before, but like she comes from a pretty high-tech area, so... She overhears it at first, and then she's just kind of like, oh, this is not interesting. Also, somebody stops near your table to set their Takajong tray <laughs> on where you can smell the delicious uh, food as they tie their shoes. Um, there's a lot of really kind of in-your-face, subtle Takajong marketing. Yeah. What I'm most fascinated by is how it's in-my-face and subtle. Yeah, it's both. It's amazing. That's it's, if you weren't paying attention, you would think it was. Uh, it was real. Natural. Well, yeah. It is not natural at all, as you can tell. I mean, so she sips her coffee, her space coffee, and looks out at the beautiful plants, and and uh, the smell of tacojong brings her back to her days as a young undergraduate at the Reliquary Institute, days when she would do nothing but study hours and hours and hours and then do nothing but drink for hours and hours and hours and then do nothing but eat takojang mm-hmm. and then be very very sad give me a notice check okay notice what do we got wisdom intelligence wisdom. hey 10 on the die plus two nice there is a a large budding flower in the garden mm-hmm. that it opens its petals and the interior is all of the colors of the package. <laughs> I knew I was like, and I was waiting for it to be in the interior. Smells cheesy burrito. <laughs> Colin. Uh, yes. Where are we with you? What, what do I need to give you? He's probably already texted uh, Anton and mm-hmm. Hopper and been like, I'm headed your way. Where is that? And he's heading for them. Okay. We are at the. You are at, let's see, I've done Takejong enough. Let's move over to the other food and beverage corporation here, which is Ile Chemical Industries. <laughs> Ile Chemical Industries, corporate yeah. lounge and testing site. <laughs> oh my gosh. When do we find out that they actually own Takejong? Right. <laughs> and then everything is owned by the Disney Corporation? Mm-hmm. Taking a page from Takejong, where Zhang being Bell. And Take being, I guess, taco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sagwa bee, apple bees. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes! So we're in the sagwa bee part. Sounds good. Perfect. You're having half by steps. So, everybody ready for your hook? Hook me, Star Daddy. All right. I need a very, very important notice check from Admiral Grease. 
The ship? Yeah. Okay. Notice int or notice whiz? Int. Are you using your important dice? Uh, All my dice are important. That's an 11. Nice. Man, that's a relief. (laughs) (laughs) You're once again hailed by Nolan Ryan P. Jr., cowboy and spokesman for Elay Chemical Industries. This time he's dressed in a posh suit, the necktie loose around his collar and hair whipping in the wind as he zips along a coastal highway in some kind of luxury automobile. He takes a long drag from a tan-colored cigarette. Mmm, nothing smokes like a relic. Oh, hi again, I didn't see you there. (laughs) 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 Alright, so... Admiral Grace, when left alone on the ship, to her own devices, just kind of soaks up sensor data. Uh Uh-huh. Passes the time and is usually not especially cognizant. Is in a, in a kind of a power down mode. The passage of a day mm. is sort of an insignificant blink, right? But she detects the approach of a frigate class merchant vessel, mm-hmm. uh, or appears to be a merchant vessel that is approaching the station and specifically on a trajectory toward the dock that she is currently in. As in collision course okay. to the part ship. So she will simultaneously uh, attempt to hail the ship approaching and also activate engines. And, right. and she is, uh, her fuel line is currently connected to the, she's in the process of being refueled. So okay. she's physically latched to the station. She can't detach. She can snap the tubes, essentially. If she, mm. if she chooses to, but that's dangerous. Hailing the vessel, you get no response. What do you want to do? How how fast is it approaching? Like how much time do I have? Is it like drifting towards me? Is it power power? No, it is a, it is approaching the station at like orbital velocities. It's coming in fast. That's what initially triggers her like noticing it to begin with. Is it, it wasn't <clears throat> slowing down for purposes of like parking on the station. Okay. Approaching vessel, divert your course from the collision trajectory or suffer catastrophic consequences. The ship still not in atmosphere. Uh-huh. as it approaches, uh, opens its cargo bay. And you witness four or five humans ejected into, into the vacuum. Okay. Along with three assassin drones that emerge from the cargo bay. Are they in vac suits? The humans, no. They're just in the ship when the doors open. Okay. Uh, the drones uh, emerge from the ship and continue their path toward the Admiral Grace. Uh, Anton, you're hanging out with Hopper, and Hopper's like, Oh, I see! It's actually a simple confusion between predicate logic and colloquial English, which is inefficient at expressing these types of... And just slump <laughs> falls to the ground I mean, I like in a heap. <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess I got him drunk. Congratulations, you've survived another episode of the Astronomica Podcast, the Stars Without Number actual play podcast. Please find us at www.astronomicapodcast.com, on Reddit at r Astronomica Podcast. Search for us on all the usual socials under Astronomica Podcast, and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes if you're still using the decrepit ancient legacy system. <laughs> Catch us next Wednesday at 12 Central Time Sharp, and uh, send us an email. Literally any email address under 64 characters at astronomicapodcast.com. We'll reply, I promise. <laughs> and to all of our Portuguese listeners, I have a special message. Oh, no. Desculpe por todo o odio. <laughs>